Brother Carson came up and, and he said that there is something special about tonight. And I think there is something very special about tonight. And I want to read, and I apologize to the media team. I just got these verses while Brother Carson was speaking in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4. I don't know if I'm going to preach on this, but I just want to talk about it right now. And it, and it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. It says, add to your faith. Brother Carson made a call to the altar of anybody who was sick. But as we were praying, I felt that we all had the faith to move to the altar. But there's still something missing. And I just want to pray right now, wherever you are, if you feel that conviction that you didn't give it your all. Bef after every loss from middle school, high school, college, every coach always asks this question. Did you give it your all? Because that game is never going to happen again. You don't get a chance to play it again. You may be able to play that opponent again, but you already lost to them. Did you really pour everything that you had out on the field? Did you really give it all that you had? And if your answer was yes, and you really gave it all that you had, then you could sleep that night. But if you had any doubt, football is an interesting sport because you only get 12 games a year. You train 365 days a year for 12 days. And if you don't give your all on those 12 days, you wasted your time. You didn't just waste 24 hours or the two hours during the game. You wasted 365 days. You may have came to this altar and you may have believed enough to come up here. But God wants to do something greater that you can't think about. You couldn't imagine what God wants to do tonight. So as we pray... If you have that conviction, if you want to come back up to the altar and have Brother Carson lay hands on you, you can. But I want to pray wherever you are, if you have that conviction, that you give it your all tonight. Not because of the way I speak, not because of the message, but because God is who he is. He said, I am that I am. 
Lord Jesus, thank you for this wonderful day, Lord. Thank you for being an awesome God, a faithful God, a just God, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for going through the motions, God. Forgive us, God, for coming here and just expecting to sit through another service, Lord. For just sitting through or lifting our hands through another worship service, God. But let us pour out everything that we have tonight, Jesus, to seek your face, Lord. To turn from our wicked ways. Oh, Lord, to be healed of everything that we have on our backs. The chains that are holding us down. The yoke that is strong around our neck, Lord. Oh, you said your anointing would destroy the yoke, Jesus. Lord, I pray that your anointing pours out right now, Jesus. That gives us peace in our hearts, peace in our minds, peace in our bodies, Lord. Oh, God, that you rest in this service, Lord. That you let us feel your presence, God. Oh, Lord, and that we don't leave the same way, God. But we walk through the doors feeling great, feeling justified, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, it all starts with faith, amen. It all starts with a couple of steps, with a mindset that you're not going back, that you're moving forward. Because if I was to read those next few verses, everything was always add, add, not move on. Not leave what you just did behind and go to the next step. No, it says add to it. Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And brotherly kindness, charity. You're always adding. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I want to take us to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. goes with just what Brother Carson and I were talking about. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. This might be your last chance. This might be your last chance. I couldn't tell you what the future holds. I couldn't tell you what's going to happen in two hours and two days or even two years but it says seek ye the Lord while he can be found because there's coming a day where he won't be found call ye upon him while he is near 
Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. There is a trend, and it's been building up to this climactic time of people doing whatever they want. When I was young, the term, and it could have been sooner, but the very first time I heard it was in sixth grade was YOLO. And YOLO was you only live once. And it wasn't, you only live once, so take care of yourself. It was, you only live once, so do whatever you want. And now, young people feel like they can do absolutely whatever they want. Respect for elders is thrown out the window. Respect for anybody, teachers, administration, anybody that is over them has been thrown out the windows. And now as a church, we're fighting to keep their attention. But I want to call out not just to the young people, but to everybody here that we need God. We need the law. In Psalms chapter 1, it said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You can't even hang around these people. His delight has to be in the law of the Lord. And everything will go well. It said even the tr- he'll be like a tree and even his leaf will never wither. Even in times where the fruit won't come, his leaf will never wither. But the wicked, they're like the chaff that the wind blows away. In Isaiah, God was giving us one final call out. He tries to convince us as much as possible, not with just saying that to look for me, But he says, I will pardon you abundantly. He will look to your sins and give you mercy. He will forgive you for the things that you've done. He will look at your sins and wash them white as snow. But then he finishes off his thought with, you can't even think the way I think. Your plan is terrible. Your plan for the day won't work. 
You can say you're walking in the Lord's will all you want, but if you haven't prayed, your day will be terrible. If you haven't read, your day will be terrible. The word is what guides us. This is our map. This is the way we're supposed to go. This is our knowledge. This is the way we increase our knowledge after virtue and faith. But God can't even, or we can't even compete with God. God is the one and only true king. He was the one that created the heavens and the earth in one moment. In one day, he created the heavens and the earth, and then the atmosphere, and then plants and animals, and finally humans. And it only took him six days. And yet, whenever we argue with God, whenever we come into church and the preacher says something we don't agree with, we want to go our own separate ways because we think we can plan better than God. Moses ran away for years because he thought he could do it himself. Jacob was a deceiver, and he ran away for years because he tried to figure it out himself. But God wants to give mercy today. In the book of Joshua, Chapter 8. We see that Joshua has been fighting a war that he was not supposed to fight. They had just made a treaty with people that God said, don't make a treaty with. But Gibeon had been deceitful and acted like they're from a far country to be in alliance. But Joshua knew who God was. And when an attack comes, and there's nothing that he can do, time is running out. He prays not to God, but he speaks to the sun and says, stay still. Stand still. And the sun for an entire day stands still. And the war was won because he had the faith to pray. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways than our ways. I feel like there's something in this place, something holding someone back, where you think you can figure it out. You have a problem where you said, I would just show up to church and God's going to do something for me. 
I'm going to show up to church and I'm going to have my own plan, my own thoughts, and I'm going to do what I think is right. It's not going to work. Thousands, millions of people are getting addicted to drugs and alcohol because they thought their way was the best way. Thousands of children are dropping out of high school, not finishing school, because their way is the best way. Parents of the world and in the church are letting their children choose their own paths. I thank God for parents that didn't let me do whatever I wanted to do. Now, it was always a battle. But I understood one thing, that if I honored my parents, it was going to go well. If I honored my parents, at least I'd be doing something God asked me to do. If I obeyed and trusted, I would be doing something that was good for me and my heart. Parents, you are in charge of your children. Youth, you are under your parents. They don't do what they do to be a burden to you, to be a thorn in your side. They do what they do to protect you. Sunday school teachers, what you do is important for the kingdom. Volunteers, what you do is important for the kingdom. It was such a blessing to hear that for VBS on Monday night, later on the, the children increased, but on Monday night there was 30, 44 volunteers and how many children? So there was almost a volunteer per child. We will not survive if the generation before us doesn't invest in us. The reason why I owe so much to Brother Carson is because he poured into me. He asked me to go to 6 a.m. prayer on Friday mornings. He asked me to go to breakfast. And it was breakfast, so I was going to go. But, <laughs> but the two-hour conversation wasn't negotiated. It wasn't something that we blocked out. It was something that just happened. It was something where we just sat at a table, and I just took in all the stories. I took in the faith. I built up my own faith. I saw what could happen. I didn't just say, that was a good time. I said, I want that time now. And parents, if you don't pass that on to your children, then we're not going to see them in four years. There are a lot of backsliders in this church. 
most of them that I don't know, never met. But when I see the gap of, a, of ages in this church, I am worried about the youth. I'm worried about their future. I'm worried if there will be another gap. And I'm sorry if this is too real for you, but we have to pour out everything. I'm forgetting his name, but brother or Pastor Robinson will, will be able to correct me. We went to a family camp. There was a man that was talking at a panel, and he said one thing. He said, if you know it, you owe it. If you know something, you owe it to somebody else. If you have a testimony, don't just keep that to yourself. The only reason I'm here is because I have a testimony. The only reason you're here is because you have a testimony. And you can't just keep that to yourself. And I don't just want you telling it in here either. Go into the streets and tell a friend. Tell a coworker. Tell the person that annoys you at lunch every day. Because everybody deserves to hear the testimony. When you hold back God's word, you're stealing from that person. You're stealing joy. Thank you. You're stealing joy. You're stealing peace. And it's all because we want to hold things in for ourselves. It's all because we're being selfish with the gift that God gave us. If we keep being selfish, we won't have the power anymore. Because he said you will have power, but then you have to go. You have to go into your city, into your country. To the whole world, you have to go with your testimony. Because it's a river. It flows. It doesn't stay in one place. If it stayed in one place, there'd be too much gunk that builds up. Too much algae that you'd have to clean out. But it flows from him to us and out to the world. Gideon had one job. Gideon had to trust and obey God. He went from an army of thousands that was still small compared to the enemy. 
but he went to hundreds. He went to 300 men. 300 men that went through two tests and passed both of them. But when they were asked what to do, God said, lay down your weapons. You're not fighting today. All you're doing is trusting. We love the armor of God, and we need it. But sometimes God's just saying, trust. Trust me. Do what I say, and you'll see the reward that will come. You'll see the victory that's going to come. And so he goes and does exactly what God says. Puts the fire in a pitcher. They break it, and they start screaming. See, but what Gideon didn't understand was the science behind what God was asking him to do. See, when people are in a valley, echoes are louder than anything. And when there's someone on top of a hill or a mountain surrounding you, you can't see what's behind them when they have a torch in front of them. So when they shout and they break the pitchers, it doesn't sound like 300 men. It sounds like 300 armies of men. See, but he didn't have to explain himself to Gideon. All he asked Gideon was do was to obey. And God did exactly what he did. And he knew what would happen. And the enemy turned on itself. We won't always understand what's going to happen. We don't always understand what God asked us to do. All we know is that he asked us to do something. And when you ignore him and you push it to the side, you're pushing God away. You're dividing that relationship. You're saying, you're all right when you're blessing me. But in the moment that you ask me to do something, I don't need you. And you're saying that my way is bigger than his way. And when that happens, that's when you fall. That's when pride comes into your life. That's when you're no longer humble, but then you're hungry for attention. When you're hungry for the answer, because you always have the mind, the words, the things to say to get yourself out of a mess. But God just wants you to obey. Because we don't know what God plans. We don't know the situations that are coming. I remember one time when I was, uh, I don't remember why I was driving to the church, but I wanted to get here around 8 o'clock, and I didn't get here till about 8.15. But while I was driving, it was during the winter, and down this hill, coming down on, on 52 from the west side, I usually don't really pay attention for black ice. I'm from Texas. Forgive me. And 
But while we're, I was pulling up over the hill, I, would just, I just saw a lot of brake lights. And I saw sirens. And, and when I got closer, a truck that was about my size. I don't remember if it was a Dodge or a Chevy, but it wasn't a Ford. <laughs> it had spun out and gotten into the ditch. And when I saw it, I was so angry at myself in the moment that I was late for a, a time that I had set aside. And when I had seen what had happened, it could have been me. And some of you might say, Brother Mike, you're overthinking things. But God knows exactly the time and the place that each and every one of you will be. We can't compete with him. We can't compete with his thought process. He counsels with himself because nobody else can counsel with him. We can only listen and obey. We can only pray and seek his face. I can't explain everything about God. Nobody can. In fact, even the world that has order, people are still finding new equations new planets, new stars, new galaxies far, far away. But that's because God knows everything and we're just trying to catch up. If you try to play catch up your whole life, you're going to miss out on something. Because God doesn't want you to catch up with him. He just wants you to listen to him. He just wants that relationship. He just wants you to trust and obey, to take that step of faith, to do what he asked. I don't know how being dunked in water washes away your sins. I can't explain that. I can't explain how you could have a life of suffering and in one moment have peace that passes understanding. I can't explain how you can be addicted to one thing and in a moment lose the addiction. I can't explain how you might have financial problems, then give everything you can in offering, and the next day receive more money than you've ever had before. I can't explain those moments, but those moments have all happened. Because God is faithful to those that trust his plan. Because his plan is greater, bigger, and best. And his greatest plan of all. The plan that should not have happened. The plan that had to come into play because one day Adam sinned. The plan that brings the lowest of people to an altar. The plan that can give you that peace that passes understanding. 
The plan that can give you that power that you need. That plan that can save your family. The plan that can give you hope for another day. The plan that renews the mercies every morning. The plan that gives you joy in the morning. That plan is only possible because he made it. He decided to come down himself because there was no other way. He came down himself and robed himself in flesh because there was no other way. He could have flexed his muscles and came down as a great prince, a great king. But then he wouldn't have been able to humble himself and come as a baby and have to be nurtured and have to be brought up by parents and had to live the example life that we all need to live. Youth, obey your parents. Obey your pastor. Obey God. Parents, don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. I'm, I'm excited for a pastor that is trying to help us with bringing up people and into counseling and paying, that, paying for them to go to school, to become counselors, to teach ourselves to deal with addictions, with marriage counseling, and other things that have plagued this city. Because we can't be ignorant of the devil's devices anymore. For too long, we've said, that's of the world. We'll just trust in God. And we are trusting in God, but we're increasing our knowledge. We're increasing our knowledge, and we're leaning on God while we're doing it. Parents, don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices. Don't let your children get away with sin because they may be laughing and smiling now. They may be enjoying this moment. But they can't enjoy eternity. There's too many people that have walked away because they were allowed to do whatever they want. And as youth pastor, I know I may not be the best speaker and I may not be the best youth pastor, but I do care for these kids. And I want to ask the parents to please help. Because I am trying. Some of the most helpful youth members are Liza and Christian. When they first came, quiet as could be. And then one day Liza comes up to me and says, well, actually, 
No, she's singing while we're worshiping in Wednesday night service. And I hear her and I say, and I ask her, Liza, you sing pretty well. Why haven't you tried out to be in the praise team? And she just quietly said, I'll go. <laughs> this morning, there was a situation that came up where I didn't have any extra help, but Liza stepped up. Someone that just came to this church recently. Somebody that is shy, holds back sometimes because she's just shy. But whenever I ask, she does it. And I want to thank your parents for that. That is what we need. Somebody that whenever is asked to do something for God, they're going to do it. They're not going to think about it, the pros and the cons, what's in it for them. No, they're just going to do it. They're just going to do whatever needs to be done. You can please stand. We have to do whatever God calls us to do. Gideon trusted God and did what he was asked to do. And an army of 300 destroyed hundreds of thousands of men because of one act of obedience. Now, what God is going to ask you to do, it's not easy. It takes a step of faith. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, it takes a step of faith. If you need to understand it more, we have Bible studies. You can ask somebody for a Bible study that you know, or you can ask pastor. Online, there's a meet with me. You could ask pastor, myself, brother Gothra. But you have to take that step of faith. If you've, if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you need the Holy Ghost. Because you need God to speak for you. Because as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. You need that prayer, that Holy Ghost prayer to intercede for you. Now, everyone else that didn't fall into those categories, there's a gap in the church. There's an age gap in the church. And I don't want that trend to continue. We need the youth to grow up strong. We need to hear the testimonies. We need to hear about the prayer warriors.
We need to hear about those times where you were so down and depressed, but God made a way when there was no way. And finally, if you were the one person that needed the healing and you came up here earlier and you wanted the healing, you were desperate for the healing, but you just didn't believe enough. Pray the same prayer that says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Get me to move closer to you, God. You said if we draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. This altar is for, open for anybody that wants to draw closer to God. Anybody who's looking for an answer for a healing. To look to be that role model for the youth. For the youth member looking to be the next person that stands in the gap. Ready to pray for someone else. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.